glad you could join us for episode 93 of Fatalist. My name is Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne. And Wayne, you still mad at me? I don't know, Dave. I'm, I'm trying to deal with it, but, uh, you know, when you, when you uh, hear something secondhand that someone's been talking smack about you, you know, it's just like... Well, listen, I had Javi run the financials, and I'm pretty sure it's the girl. So you can deny it, but I'm pretty sure it was. <laughs> okay. So uh, anyway, uh, hey, uh, it's good to be back. And we'd love to hear from you via email at fatalistpodcast at gmail.com. Website, fatalist.podbean.com, where you can leave a voicemail via the speak pipe tab. You can also record your own audio clip and send the MP3 as an attachment. Or you could just tweet us at Dave underscore and underscore Wayne. But it's probably just easier to Google Fatalist Twitter, and uh, we'll certainly be one of the top hits there. Uh, tonight, we're here to talk about Season 5, Episode 6 of Lost Girls, starring Anna Silk, Chris Holden-Reed, and Zoe Palmer. But, you know, Wayne, we haven't acknowledged the listeners in a while, and, and you know, we've got a, uh, you know, a lot of loyal w- listeners. And, you know, we, we've mentioned before that, surprisingly enough, over 75% of our listeners are from the United States. And I guess given that we broadcast in English, uh, that's not surprising. And we're on uh, iTunes US, although we're on the other iTunes. So, uh, but, but what do you think our number two country is right now? Because it has changed. Okay. Because before it was, well, I think it was Canada before, right? Um, was yeah, I think at some point it has or been. something like that. Okay, it was some. I think the last time I actually was somewhere I I didn't expect. But okay, so let me. I'm going to go with Uruguay. No, dang, United Kingdom. Hey, seven percent. All right. Well, good day, mate. Wait, no, that's not them. Uh. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, well anyway, uh, how do you say thank you in British? Cheers. Okay, there we go. Uh, Ta. But we appreciate all you guys. For sure. Yeah, definitely. And uh, we'll uh, do Thanks, a little Mom. shout out to uh, somebody different next week. <laughs> yeah, we'll shout out to a different country. Exactly. All right. Now, uh, we heard from Taltos again via Twitter. And, and again, she sent us the link with the Enhanced Podcast. But also this time, awesome. And just real quickly, did the opening dream sequence look familiar? And she sent us a YouTube link for the Season 2 teaser which features Bo in a white gown cranking the music box she received from her father. The kicker is that it never appeared in an episode. So we're going to talk about that later in the show. I put a link in the show notes so you can definitely check that You're out. You're throw that out there. We're going to talk about it later? Yeah, we'll, we'll get to it later. Like the, the dream uh, or, or the, the trailer? The whole thing. We'll okay. talk about the trailer, right. the dream, everything I got some later. Yeah. But yeah, I just wanted to acknowledge that that she sent us that and us. definitely check it out. Once again. But before we get too far along, uh, in Project X this week, you, you've got a couple things. Yeah. Uh, the Triscale, and uh, I, I've actually heard that pronounced different ways, but uh, I believe Di- Dyson pronounces it Triscale. I'm not even sure, but, but everybody knows what we're talking Triscale, about. And I thought it was Driscoll, like when I wrote down my notes, because I've never heard this before i mean i've seen this symbol a lot but i, I never realized what the actual name for it is so um you know, I, as far as the actual pronunciation don't know we'll go trick said like drisk well i thought he said driscoll so i th- i thought it was triscoll as being uh, the way he pronounced it so basically it's that little it's the the triple swirl or the um 
and obviously the number three holds a big importance almost universally, uh, cross-culturally. Um, and a lot of people said like the Triskel, it was a, it's a ancient Irish pagan symbol, but of course all of those things got switched around into Christianity. So of course it you know, primarily is a symbol of the Trinity, like the Christian Trinity. That being said, um, there's like, which, you know what, I mean, today actually was a good day of research. I learned a lot of stuff today. Uh, like there's like this neo-paganism, like this new paganism, which I guess, actually, I guess I kind of knew maybe that happened. Uh, I just probably thought of it as like new age, which is probably not. But, um, but neo-pagans have taken this symbol as a symbol of the triple goddess. And you say, what's the triple goddess? And I'd say, no, not Charlie's Angels, but it's actually something kind of created by Robert Graves. Now, do you know who Robert Graves is? No, I okay, don't. You might have seen the TV show of I, Claudius. Did you ever see I, Claudius? Oh, yeah, yeah. sure. So he wrote the novels, uh, I, Claudius and Claudius the God, that the miniseries was based on. Um, and and they're, they're awesome. Like, I didn't know... Anything else he'd written? I, I'd read both High Claudius and Claudius the God, and they were fantastic. Uh, Love the TV show too. Um, but I guess he came up with this idea of this triple goddess as this symbol meaning the maiden, the mother, and the crone. And actually, that stuff it pops up in uh, um, Game of Thrones as well. Uh, you might, you know, like the three of this. I think those are three of the seven gods that they they pray for down in the south, right? So. But, you know, basically, when you really think about it, you know, like the number three, the, the triangle, three things, uh, the rule of three was actually just, the well, you're not caught up on librarians, right? Because I just saw you watching no, the pilot no. today. But uh, the, 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 very, the last one, well, this, the second to last one they just did was um, the librarians and the, I think the rule of three. And that's a thing in literature and science and everything. So three just kind of, it's like this really comfortable number, right? Like it just makes sense, you know, like, um, and it works itself into a lot of things cross-culturally. And so to really nail it down to one thing, it's just a really cool thing that represents three things. And there's all kinds of three things people say could re represent like the three um, trimesters. Yes, right, trimesters. If if my wife ever listens to this, I'll I'll be a dead man. But uh, uh, so yeah, so that um, and you know, there's twelve months to a year that can be broken up into three things and everything. So you know, whatever it's much. But what I also found fascinating, my man Dave, is that the Triskelion is also a symbol for this ancient Irish god, so uh, called Mananan MacLear who was an Irish sea god who was also associated with, like, storms and so lightning, thunder and everything. And he's also the guardian of the Blessed Isles, which is a gateway to the other world. Now, the Irish pagans believed in um, that, that you, you come back. Like, they didn't believe really in, in death. Uh, they believe in reincarnation. So... They, they didn't have any concept of an underworld, a place where once you died, you went forever and ever and ever, right? They just believed you got recycled. Um, and so the other world is not an underworld, but it's a place where all the magical creatures lived. And, and Ireland, you know, we like know about like fairies and leprechauns and things like that. And these are just kind of modern ideas of like the Tuatha de Danann, 
um, the children of Lear, the the seed, um, like a banshee is one of the sea, and they are again magical supernatural creatures that all live in the other world, and so Menon and Mach Lear is kind of the the guy who, uh, you know, is kind of gatekeeper for that. So I thought, I mean, obviously, what that cult lady is or who she is is still kind of up to debate but potentially this might be one of the things since this symbol of Triskelion is so associated with this god who seems to have a lot of the, the characteristics that are are, are um, endemic with this uh, character in in lost girl yeah you know i, I did run across one thing before i knew that you were going to cover this and that it, it said that it's also believed to represent the three Celtic worlds, uh, the spiritual world, the present world and the celestial world. And, and I guess the celestial world would be heaven and the spiritual world would be the supernatural, the, you know, the spirit world, if you will, uh, for what it's worth in that, which is, sounds like a lot of what you're, you're saying. Yeah, yep, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It fits right in. Yeah. Cool stuff. Uh, and l- like you said, it certainly seems to be linked to, uh, to Lisa at this point. Yeah, definitely. Which is so. so with that also, and it's been a while since we've done a top ten list. But yes. I thought that this week it was appropriate because we had a football themed uh episode and what I do know a lot of is a lot of football themed T V shows and movies. Yeah. All so, right. So well, here so here it is. Okay. Number one. Um, without doubt, I think this is the Mac Davenwall, is the Burt Reynolds' The Longest Yard, right? Okay. I mean, great flick. Uh, I'm not sure I'd put it number Ooh. one, but but great flick nonetheless. And and I think we both agree that uh, we prefer that version to the Adam Sandler version. Yeah. Honestly, I've never really seen the whole of this Adam Sandler version. It's not terrible, but it's not yeah. as good. My kids like it a lot, but I, every time I see them, I'm like, dude, this isn't even... Yeah, well, it's not surprising. It's people they know. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, production yeah. values are more modern. So. Yeah, still not as good. All right, number two, which made a good run for number one. It was hard keeping it out of there. Was Rudy? Yeah, no question. Yeah, love that movie. I still still cry a little bit at the end of that one. Yep. Number three, awesome movie. Remember the Titans. Yeah, or uh, what I read a headline a few weeks ago, Dismember the Titans after uh, Tennessee was soundly thrashed. Right. But yeah, great movie. And and, and that is obviously based on a true story that's kind of in our backyard mm-hmm. in Northern, Northern Virginia. Virginia right. Yep. So yeah, that's, that's a great movie. Denzel Washington is the man. Uh, number four. Well, and also uh, Will Patton, who oh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. For- is the yeah. white assistant coach who we all know from Falling That's Skies. Right. I forgot about Will Patton in that movie. He's always the guy who's kind of sketchy, but turns out to be good. All right, what all right, else you got? Next one, James Conn in North Dallas 40. Yep. Which, despite being about the Dallas Cowboys, is still a really good movie. Yeah, based on, you know, Pete Gent's book, which uh, I guess a, a lot of people uh, question how much is fact, how much is fiction. I tend to believe more of it's fact. Yeah. Just just didn't want to believe it at the yeah, time. good flick. Number five. Now we go into the realm of television, and it is Hard Knocks, the HBO television series. You ever seen it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And season two, 
specifically was the right that's Ravens, when talked right? about the Ravens, right? Which yeah. was awesome. So, but it's really any of the ones uh, that where they get inside the the locker rooms, and um, I remember the, they did the Jets the one year and Kansas City yeah, one year, but the year they did the Jets was the year uh, Darrell Revis was holding out, and they just show um, yeah Rex Ryan walking through the halls of the dorm going Revis. Revis, <laughs> it's funny. Anyway, next one is Friday Night Lights, which M- movie or TV well, show? Well, I think. Uh, see, okay, I saw the movie, but not the TV show. But I have it on good authority. The TV show is way better than the movie because. Well, that's you know, I I I'm the opposite. I I haven't really seen the TV show, and I really like the movie. Yeah, so. that's what that's what I said. I've seen the TV. I've seen the movie, but not the TV show. Oh, okay. And I, I like the yeah. movie too, but I just I heard the TV show was really really good, um, but I've, I've never seen it to really say. So we'll say the movie. The book was pretty good. Now, funny story. Just a week ago, um, we had a couple over to dinner, and the husband was from Odessa, Texas, which is where. Oh. The, that that uh, but he went to Odessa High School, not not Permian, which is the school that's featured in um, Friday Night Lights. Yeah, but more importantly, did he play football? Uh, he's actually a, a hockey player, believe it or not. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, all right, what do you got uh, next? Next one is semi tough. Oh, okay. So now that's Burt Reynolds too, right? Chris yeah, Christopherson, sure. right? So another Burt Reynolds. That's good. Chris Christopherson, beauty. The next one is a little non-traditional. It's not necessarily a football movie, but it had a really good football element to it, and that's MASH. Oh, Remember okay. the big yeah, football the, game the, at the, the end? The, sure. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, though the dubious inclusion of the black character named Spear Chucker Jones, which is probably... Yeah, I don't think we'd do that even, today, even when but... they made that movie, that was probably not really cool. Yeah. No. Um Okay, number nine, and I know you question my inclusion of this movie in there, but I like it. That's necessary roughness. No, I love it, and plus, it's got uh, you know, it's got the female Kathy aspect Ireland. to it. Kathy Ireland yeah. is the team becomes the team's kicker, right? And they also have the well, right, right, exactly. So it fits in with uh, with this episode of Lost Girl, right? Um, yeah, and also Scott Bakula as the aging quarterback. Come back to play yeah. college ball. Uh, who was in Quantum Leap? So there's a sci-fi kind of connection there. And yeah. he was in, uh, in the a- and Star, Star Trek. Trek. Star Trek, right? Star Trek, uh, whatever it was. Which one was that? Yeah, I forget. Star Trek, one of the later yeah. ones. <laughs> um, next one, and I, I kind of put this one on here for my kids. Probably is the Water Boy. So that was pretty yeah, funny. I like the Water Boy actually. Yeah. It's cool. And then, you know, Kathy Bates in there as his mother. So I had to put in there also the honorable mention, at number 11, of quarterback princess. Yeah, Helen Hunt yeah. was like about 16 yeah. at the time. Yeah, because Helen Hunt, who is really hot, and even back then, because I was slightly younger than Helen Hunt, so I could admire her and fantasize about her. And also the fact that, again, it's a girl playing football here and not just like a, you know, not just the non-contact kicker position that Kathy Ireland played, but, you know, the quarterback, you know, most important position. So, yeah, there you go. Any additions you would make to that list there, Dave? No, I don't think so. No, that was, I mean, you know, maybe the program, uh, which is, uh, you know, I, again, you and I were talking a little bit about this earlier today, uh, a look inside the 
dark aspects of college football. And I guess there's a lot of people that argue that uh, that's pretty much most of it. Yeah. Any given yeah, Sunday per, per, too could potentially be on there as well. But I, 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 I like Oliver Stone for the most part, but uh, I didn't really care for that movie very much. Yeah. It did have Johnny Unitas as one of the coaches. That's true. It did. So, yeah. But, uh, but anyway, why don't we get to talking about lost girls since that's why everybody's here. And Wait, this is they, episode... they're not tuning in to listen to us talk about football movies? Seriously? Uh, maybe. <laughs> but uh, all right. Anyway, episode six of season five, Clear Eyes, Faye Hart, written by Sandra Chilkowska, who also wrote The Kenzie Scale and Adventures in Faye Babysitting back in season three, episodes uh, 306 and 311. And then directed by David Green, who also directed The Kenzie Scale and also Raging Faye and Table for Faye from Season 2, Episodes 210 and 215. And this episode aired January 11th, 2015. And, you know, when we first talked earlier today, I think it seemed like I liked it better than you did. Well, I'm kind of like torn by it, right? Because I thought the basic story was actually pretty good. I like the reveals we got with the cult. It wasn't a ton, but we got something. But... I just found the football parts so appallingly ludicrous. It just was hard to get past it. So, all right. Well, we open with another bed scene. And this time, uh, Bo, who's in bed with Tamsin, as it turns out, she wakes from a dream in which Lauren is rotating a handle on that wooden carved box that Bo's father gave her for her birthday. And, And, you know, she seems pretty disturbed by the dream. Right. And it's almost as if Lauren was doing something that hurt her. And I guess I'm wondering whether it's, you know, that that subconsciously she sees Lauren as trying to control her or maybe even worse. Wow, really? I didn't I didn't catch it. Well, I I like how they start this scene because the camera is coming in from behind. And so you just see a white dress and someone turning the handle and we just assume it's Bo. At which point I'm like, Bo, are you freaking crazy? Do not turn the handle of that box. Like, what are you doing? You know, and then it comes around to the front. We see it's Lauren. It's like, oh, and then, you know, then we realize it's a dream. Um, You know, I don't know. It just, it didn't seem like a necessarily, I I know she woke up kind of surprised and shocked but i didn't see the dream itself as being necessarily a negative thing you know i don't know it's it just seems like the this whole relationship between her and lauren is definitely to me still up in the air and her feelings are seem to me to be very confused and so maybe i kind of took it that way well see and i'm wondering whether docubus is over and that uh, she's moved on, not necessarily to Tamsin, which uh, obviously is is what it seems at the time. Now, now I, I, you didn't think it was quite as serious. I mean, certainly not serious like Tamsin's dream, where she couldn't get a burger at a drive. Dude, that was horrific. If I, I, oh my god, what a horrible dream that was, though. They were closed. Yeah, forever, For, forever, forever. Yeah. <laughs> um, now you mentioned, uh, you know, obviously the uh, the box. And let's go back now and talk about that season two teaser that shows Bo in a white gown cranking this box. And there is a musical, you know, uh, some sort of lullaby playing as if it's a musical box. But as it turns out, apparently that was never actually in any episode. So I guess my question is, do we consider that canon? 
Yeah, that's a great question. I would say you can't really consider any teaser canon at all, I wouldn't think. But what is unusual, I mean, it's just like, I at first thought it was a publicity stunt. I'm like, I hit the BS button. I'm like, no way that this was released before season two, because it's it totally is predicts what's going on like right now in season five. Uh, but then I looked at all the comments underneath of it on YouTube, and they were all from like three years ago. I'm like, oh my god, this thing really was released like three years ago. That's that's incredible because I mean that shows that they definitely had a plan going on here, and that what we're seeing now was in the works way back when after season one. Yeah, and you wonder did they you know put that in the teaser and then deliberately leave it out, knowing that they were going to bring it back during season five or you know did, did it just get cut out and then it was too late i mean you never know but the, it just occurred to me i wonder if the dress lauren is wearing in bo's dream is the same one that bo's wearing yeah, i mean they're both white uh but yeah that's about as much <laughs> as being a dude sorry i'm not very uh up on those things so yeah where's danielle when exactly we um, all right. And then the other part of the opening scene, uh, we're at a crime scene in a local college locker room. Dyson and Mark, who was, of course, supposed to stay in the car. And yeah, he really listens to dad. And they're investigating the death of one of the team's top players who's lying in a pool of his own blood. And then Dyson notices that triple spiral that you were talking about during Project X. And after he photographs it with his phone, he wipes out, you know, the the triscale and then it just reforms yeah that's creepy yeah very creepy um all right now you know we we often talk about breaking the episode down into multiple stories but you know wayne it it just seems as if this is just one big story so we'll just kind of look at it chronologically and it seems to me at at this point we, we go back to the three dead humans from the elevator accident right they're now possessed by Fay. Are are they Fay from Hades? Are they Fay from? And I guess we're not really sure. No, I mean we've we're getting some hints, and um, you know it could be my man uh, Mananan. It could be Zeus, right? To the, the yeah. It could be Thor, right? Be, right uh, now, I'm the, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, we've got Kevin Brown, who was Horatio 55, and you know he's the guy that was targeting the oracles, so they couldn't see what is coming, uh, from what we're told. Uh, then we've got Lisa, who's, you know again, kind of I guess the, the character you're referring to, and then Iris, the teenage girl. So these three seem to be working together in, in what regard, at whose behest, we don't know yet. Yeah, exactly. Or are they, I mean, if they are these ancients that Trick, well, I mean, it seems like they are the ancients that Trick talked yeah. about, that they are extremely powerful, so maybe they're not acting on anyone's behest, they're acting on their own behest. Well, right, and, and I mean, this whole storyline, the battle begins, uh, you know, the it's referred to as an end-of-days cult, and they've got a play, we just don't know yet what it is and what their end game is, so... You know, it's it's really interesting. Uh, the other thing is, again, 
we've talked about this over the last few episodes, the, the Bo Tamsin relationship. We're not sure. It's not a big part of this episode, but, but they throw a little bit in and I'm just not sure while I said that I think Docubus may be done with, I, I certainly don't think, uh, Tamsin and Bo have any really long-term viability as a couple. No, I'd say the chances of Bo and Lauren end up together are way more likely. Bo's just not really into Tamsin, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, she is and she isn't. I don't I mean, see any emotional attachment. She refers to her as her roommate, you know? So it's like, um, I, I don't think there's really any kind of really emotional connection here, at least for Bo. Now, Tamsin, on the other hand, is infatuated, right? Yeah, yeah. Almost like she's never had a had a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend before, which, you know, we, we know is probably not true, but that's kind of the way she's acting. Yeah. She's very giddy and kind of like in love and all that stuff and waking up and wanting to snuggle in the morning and all that kind of crap. But, uh, yeah. you know, um, but yeah, Bo's not, Bo's not into it like that though, you know? Yeah, so, so, uh, I think Tams is going to get her, her, her heart broken here, at least her feelings, uh, severely yeah. hurt. Yeah, which I'm not sure is good to do to a Valkyrie. Mm, probably but not. I guess we'll see. Probably down. not. Yeah, but uh, but anyway, all right. So we've got a murder to solve, and it revolves around a football team called the Thunder. I'm not sure we actually find out the name of the college, but the team is the Thunder, and their logo is a lightning bolt with a hammer. Thor's hammer. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now Dyson's talking about the symbol of reincarnation by end of cult days and and uh he found out on all three of the dead bodies so uh we see another instance of Bo and this time tamson in the past it would have been kenzie go in undercover as cheerleaders Bo as the coach tamson as an actual cheerleader and we've had some great slow motion scenes through lost girl another great one i thought as tamson and Bo are uh, walking past the football players to get to the cheerleaders. And I guess their story is that Bo's there to create, uh, to recruit one cheerleader for the Van City Valkyries. And did you recognize the head cheerleader? Well, I mean, I knew that I knew her, but I, you know, I didn't bother going in, kind of doing any legwork to find out. All right. Well, I recognized her right away. Anna Hopkins, who plays Jessica Berlin, Hey, Rainer, right, 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 right. Rainer on Sci-Fi's oh, Defiance. Rainer, right. Yeah, yeah. coincidence. I, I don't think so. Yeah, but so, uh, did, did they yeah. like rope the people of Defiance into using that name for like, oh, call her, call her character this. It'll be awesome. It'll fit right in yeah. with our show. <laughs> but uh, well, you're talking about the slow mo scene, which I thought you were going to mention, but you didn't. Was how like uh, Tamsin like stumbles, <laughs> like, right. like this slow mo, like cool slow mo, and she like stumbles and almost falls down bo has to like lift her up is that's that's yeah that was awesome exactly all right so anyway so bo's like asking for volunteers surprisingly tamson volunteers to go first and bo doesn't really know what to ask her to do and brinkley suggests a move that tamson of course executes perfectly yeah i don't think as rachel scarson doing that though well you never know you know well yeah probably not but uh then she gives uh Brinkley, the Valkyrie yeah. eyes, which <laughs> kind of scares her off, right? Gets rid of her. All right, so they interview the lone male cheerleader who indicates it's a dead wide receiver, had a lot of enemies, bullied the quarterback as well. Uh, 
okay, fine. We're going to suspend our disbelief there. They're both vying to be the number one pro pick in the draft. And and you already mentioned that that's some of the football scenes were uh, a little suspect well, it, in it your eyes. It just starts off with this whole ridiculous, you know, I mean, this is so like the A team, you know? Like, this is what, like, you just sense, like, you know, Hannibal saying, hey, we're going to go in and pose as cheerleaders and everything. Just like, come on. This is like the crappiest TV ploy ever, you know, that, I don't know. I just found it, like, ludicrous in the extreme that they would just walk in like, oh, we're going to have tryouts for this team. And this girl from a total another college is going to come in and try out with you. And, hey, by the way, what was that murder? You know, what was going on with that? You know, it's just like the whole thing is just... It seems very silly. Yeah, I know what you mean. But then even, and I understand why they did it for dramatic purposes, but then during practice, two defensive players crush the quarterback who's then left lying on the ground, doesn't look good, but then he gets up. And then Bowen Tampson question whether or not he's human. They decide, of course, to split up and figure out what's going on. Uh, Bo tells Tampson to take QB1, and then she tells her, Bring it on. You don't know that cheerleading reference. Yeah, do you? no, I, I well, I mean I never saw the movie, but I remember the movie, yeah. Oh. Yeah, my, my Eliza Dushku. Right. Is in yes. it. And I'm not sure whether she does the cheerleading stunts or not either, but uh <laughs> Well, you know, like, I just like one other thing. I mean, like the, the that whole practice scene, like the quarterback dropping back and he had just terrible, terrible footwork. And it was just was I mean, okay, I mean, I, I know I'm harping on this and saying it's unrealistic, and it is a TV show and everything, but when you're doing like a football-themed television show, you should be able to believe that these guys are actually football players or have actually played football before in their lives and not like, you know, guys who were just doing a chorus line two days ago and now are like, you know, doing this television show. Because, yeah, I just I couldn't buy it, and it just I just couldn't get over it. You know, I just had a hard time getting over it. Like, yeah, and for and for me, a lot of the small details that most people wouldn't even notice, I thought they did a good job. You know, the receivers were wearing gloves, which is is pretty much what everybody does these days. Um, you know, the the little helmet liners that they were wearing to differentiate who was who. And but then they have but, two but, guys who come in and, like line and crush their own quarterback. Like, really. I understand. You know, right. like, well, anyway. you know why he has that red thing on his helmet, right? Like, and do you understand that he's your big quarterback? That you have a big game. You know, it's just ah, oh, it's just so ah, uh, just so silly, Dave. I just, uh, I, I just couldn't you, but, take uh, it, man. Well, listen, we get one scene with Cassie, and and she's still at Lauren's clinic. You know, and we see Lauren with her, and, and all we get out of her is more rain. Flood, storm, it's coming. Uh, okay, more rain. Because I, I was like, did she say Maureen? Yeah, <laughs> like, more rain. And, okay. and you know, is this recapping the apocalypse? Which is what I believe Lauren says. And I guess you know, I'm wondering, okay, what's the point of this scene? But then, of course, you get to the end and you start to make the connection, so that she is an oracle after right. all. Yeah, eyes out doesn't change that one bit. No, exactly. Um, now, they're still trying to figure out, and the reason they're, they're trying to test the football players you know, is they, they really want to test the quarterback and find out whether or not he's Faye. And Tampson exhibits a little bit of jealousy when Bo calls Lauren 
to come in and, and it was pretty funny scene when Lauren goes in the locker room and you know ah, I'm not doing any damn drug test and it's like she hey you can do the urine test or we can do the blood test your choice and uh, I guess we know it's Canadian cable TV he drops his towel well, see the thing is like I am seeing way too much male rear ends on television nowadays and I'm getting tired of it Dave <laughs> Right, like especially like on American Horror Story this season, like they always start out with like nudity. You're like, yeah, nudity. Like when HBO, like when you were a kid, they would say nudity in the show. You're like, sweet. And then, when, yeah. but when like you know, on television, cable television, in America, when they say nudity, means you're going to definitely see a guy's rear end. That, that's what you that's know, what and saying. that's what you get when you get a, a woman writer, right? Uh, you know, fair, men, men would fair do play, that. fair play. <laughs> I'm just saying, though, I just. I'm not into it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm not. I'm, right, I'm well, t- and like this was and again, it was gratuitous, and I would just like to go on record as saying, whenever they have like females being in partially or scantily clothed, I have called them out on gratuity on that as well. So I'm just saying that that was totally gratuitous. There was not necessary for us to see that guy's butt. Okay. I'm done. I'm trombola. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, but you know, I, I kind of jumped ahead of myself because the other part of that scene that I really liked was, you know, Lauren's still in her lab and she mentions that she's going to lunch and her assistant says, it's only 10 o'clock to which she replies, I'm the boss. Right. I, I thought she was going to say, well, it's noon somewhere. <laughs> but yeah. Well, you know what? It did cross my mind, but <laughs> are we to see this kind of on multiple levels that Again, am I reading too much into it? Because she still possesses the power to turn Faye human. So she kind of is the boss. You know, I mean, who's the Morgan now? Right. And, you know, like, I'll admit I'm I'm not necessarily buying that per se. But now I'm starting to think that you're noticing it. I'm just not. Like, because, like, it makes sense what you're saying, you know? Uh, all this stuff she is like has an extreme amount of power and as you know by her saying i'm the boss you're right that is a realization understanding that i am very powerful yeah right yeah so you might so. be on to something i'm still not 100 percent buying into it just yet um but i'm starting to see the patterns that you're you're, you're picking up on here okay all right well the woman who seems to be the head of the ancient little uh triumvirate there uh i think you know according to imdb uh her her character's name is elizabeth helm although i thought i heard her called lisa but either way she goes to the doll orders a cockatiel which trick says he hasn't made in a thousand years they say the ancients call this drink the drink of prophecy the original cocktail so again here's that that mention of the ancients and obviously we know later in the episode how much power she wields for sure Sure, and also for not having made the drink in like thousands of years and not even sure he has the ingredients um he kind of has all the ingredients like right there he doesn't even have to go anywhere for him yeah now the other thing is you know he mentions the ledger and and you know i mean we're five seasons in now and and we've never heard about the ledger before so i'm wondering what kind of importance the ledger is going to end up playing. You know, he says, if you're going to be around for a while, I'll have you sign the ledger. But he's obviously, as he says, misplaced it. Well, we know it was stolen. Um, And then she says, ancient things have a way of turning up. 
So, yeah. you know, I- is she one of the ancients? Does she represent the ancients? Yeah, I think uh, so. Yeah, I guess we'll see. But, but yeah, it certainly seems that way. Now, just like we had the opening scene in Bo's bed, we've got our scene back at Dyson's apartment slash gym, and he's going over his evidence board while Mark's working out on the bag. And, uh, you know, I think I had this this impression of Luke Billick as being, you know, some kind of wimpy CW, whatever. Uh, he looked pretty good on the bag, you know, and I uh, clearly that was him. Right. You know, yeah. he was... Well, uh, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, he's, he's, he is Dyson's kid, though, right? So, Right. But I think more importantly in that scene is the two of them are starting to bond. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, last time we saw them really kind of at odds and here they're really working together. It's like, you know, dad's like, all right, show me what you got kid. And the kid's into it. You know, he really, he wants to impress dad and, and he does. And then of course he's like, so are you seeing anyone? <laughs> and then that woman walks in asking for detective Dyson, you haven't returned any of my calls. And we're of course wondering who she is. And this kind of now sets the whole situation up for catastrophe on one level because she's there because I've seen my dead husband walking around on the streets. And obviously Dyson figures out later in the episode that her husband is, uh, of course, Mark Brown. Right. Yeah. Or I'm sorry, Kevin Brown. Right. And yeah, her, her ratio 55. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, Mark, who it, we appreciate that now he's actually not being this petulant little shit quite so much and that he's starting to bond with Dyson and trying to get to know him. Uh, but then when this lady comes in, he's like, Oh dude, she's hot. And, and Dyson's like, well, her husband just dies. Yeah, but she's hot. Yeah. You know? and, and you know, she's single. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, she's single. Right. So it, it's just like, he still has a lot of toolish aspects to his personality here. Yeah, but he's a kid, so right. uh, I think you. I think you made that excuse for him I, I, last time. I did. Time. I did. And for, I, you know, and he's starting to come around though. Like I said, for the most part, like when he finds out, like the girl, uh, the, oh, uh, Alicia Wells, the girl that came no, in, the, uh, the the girl who stole the ledger. Um, oh, Iris, Iris, right. Um, yeah, for some reason she comes in and basically reveals the evil plan, right? Yeah, and you know he and he goes and tells Dyson, whereas he could have probably said you know like kept a secret or tried to work it to his advantage somehow. He uh, went and said, "Hey, there, this, something bad's going to happen, right?" So yeah, well, I mean, something bad's going to happen. Be, I mean, in, in terms of you know, she comes in the 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 wife, of course, and at least she had the good sense to take a photo, so she's got proof this. You know, I'm not imagining it. You know, Dyson's like, look, we all grieve in different ways. And he's assuming she just thinks she saw him. Dyson makes this comment that she's human, you know, when Mark mentions that she's hot. And then Dyson comes in with that that implication kind of that Faye and humans should not be together in terms of a relationship. You know, now, granted, obviously, we know it happens. Um, you know, we don't really necessarily know how frequently it happens. Uh Obviously, Bo and Lauren have been together at some point, but I thought it was interesting that Dyson, that's, I guess, his feeling on, on the whole relationship thing, that Faye belong with Faye and not humans. Right. Well, and that's, yeah. I mean, that's something that's that, that we've seen from basically 
the, uh, the, 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 you know, season one, episode one, right? Well, right, right. But I mean, he certainly was supportive of his best friend, Hale, when he was going to marry Kenzie. True. Good point. So, you know, I, I, again, I just thought it was interesting that that's, this comes up. Now, we, we talked a little bit about the urine, urine samples, and Lauren's got the, uh, and again, I, I love it. She's in her element. She's got her test tubes lined up and adds a toxic solution to each one. Clay, the uh, QB1, his sample, while human, is immune to the toxicity, and they've got Trick on the line, and he tells him that he's a Heraclid. Right. human A human descendant of Hercules with exceptional genes. And I guess Lisa overhears Trick. She's still there, which is kind of surprising that he would talk about all this in front of right. her, which which he does. Yeah. Uh, and then she leaves the bar. But but obviously the big reveal here is that, you know, we're now introduced to the concept of the Heraclid, a descendant of Hercules. Right. And does that mean that, you know, Clay is going to have an integral heroic role later on? Yeah, well, that that would be pretty cool. I mean, or, or is this is this it? That, uh, are we going to see him again? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I would certainly think we'll see him again. But yeah, I mean that that's kind of a He's pretty a nice big kid. reveal. All right. So anyway, so Dyson talks to him. The kid clearly has no idea what he is. He just thinks, uh, you know, I'm a great athlete and I heal quickly. Right. And Bo tells Dyson that you know sometimes she feels she'd be better off not knowing who her father is. Dyson doesn't know that Bo knows her father is Hades. I yeah, guess. how did that happen? Yeah, I, 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 it just seems surprising. I guess I just assumed. You know, I guess I'd have to go back and, and pay more attention. But uh, yeah, exactly. So, but we're not going right, to do that. So no, no. <laughs> so uh, you know, clearly that's going to come up. I, I would think at some later point in in the show. All right. Well, they go to you know because now they need another suspect because they've ruled him out. They go to see the male cheerleader to see if he can point them to a new suspect. They find the bloody jersey in his locker, but of course, you know, he's been set up as well. Now, um, Harris comes to Dyson's while Mark's working out on the bag. And, you know, that whole thing about all warfare is based on deception. I said Harris. I meant Iris. Yeah. I was like, Harris, like, who the hell is that? <laughs> and, and I was just going to roll with it, though. She says her parents told her that something's going to happen at the football game and and, you know i mentioned this to you earlier when we were talking all right so the three of them whether they're fey whether they're ancients whatever uh inhabited these bodies they even make a point of why you acting like such a teenager or why did you pick a teenager's body and i guess i was wondering why her consciousness would necessarily revert to being like a teenager but you you had a theory on that. well i i just think that maybe whatever they are they kind of take on a bit of the host when they take on a body, um, despite the host being dead, uh, that they, you know, kind of integrate some aspects of it. Because that's why, you know, it was um, Lisa or Elizabeth or whatever her name is, uh, is like the mother and uh, the other dude's the father. Iris is like the daughter. She refers to them as her parents, but, you know, clearly there are just, is it really that type of relationship or did they just fall into these roles kind of based on the, the, uh, the host, the the host body that they inhabit? Yeah. Right. Just to, uh, you know, keep their cover, so to right. speak. But it was funny that right. they had that little family tiff, 
Yeah. Oh yeah. But but the other thing is while she's though with Mark, she draws that symbol yeah. on his arm. Right. And then tells him that her parents said something is coming. Everything's going to go boom. So fairly ominous. All right. Now we're at we're at the Which press conference. Say, why is she telling them that? Yeah. You know? Good point. Yeah. Well Does it you know, unless make any sense? unless it's to draw him, maybe they know something about him. Mark, that is. That could be. Well, I mean, they but, do, because uh, she knows that he's a shifter who hasn't shifted yet, right? Right. So right. that that could definitely be part of it. All right. Now, you know, we're at the press conference, and, uh, you know, Tamsin's talking to Brinkley, who reveals her plan to become a life coach with Clay's help and all that. And oh, okay, and, and the big reveal, so to speak, is that, that he turns out to be gay, that he's uh, – boyfriends with the male cheerleader but you know at the end of the day it doesn't really do anything other than uh, absolve either of them of guilt it just provides an alibi right and i think it is a social issue now especially michael sam and everything that was like huge you know that uh an openly gay guy could get you know into the nfl he wasn't drafted was he but he did he get, or did he get drafted late no seventh round and they got cut right Right. So, but still, yeah, it was kind of like it was. It was kind of a big deal, you know. And it shows sure. that the, uh, you know, I would have liked that he would have that they. I was. I think everyone wanted to see him actually make the team, um, but you know, the fact that the the Rams it shows something. You know, pro football is not known as being an ultra uh, liberal organization, right? Um, no, no, fairly conservative. So, you know, something like that was. You know, big step, and so I think they're kind of addressing it here on on this, though a little ham fistedly, but still addressing. Yeah. Well, speaking of ham fistedly, you know, back to the you know suspending our disbelief. Um, it, it turns out, right, the dead guy is the wide receiver, and it turns out that either the wide receiver who's now dead or the quarterback, one of them was going to be the overall number one pick, which obviously yeah. is a big deal. And Which again, the quarterback like, points so out, like, teams usually aren't looking for either a quarterback or a wide receiver. Yeah, right. Like, but let's let's go past that. And as I, the quarterback even says, Dave, <laughs> I can't get by. Why, why would I kill my best receiver who's going to make me and the team look good? But then even further, that basically that uh, they're basically saying that if you don't win this game you're not going to get drafted number one and all that, which is patently absurd. It, yeah. it, that's not going to matter, really. No. But they need to get inside again. Tamsin tells them, I'll suit up as a player. Uh, right. uh, <laughs> it just, this is where right. it just, it was, it was silly up till now, and now it just becomes absurd. Not yeah, saying that women can't play football. I'm just saying. But Wayne, who better than a Valkyrie to protect the quarterback? All right, that's probably true. But seriously, yeah. all right, like well, no one anyway, even knows I, she's a girl, really. And who's right, this? Wait, well, who's this guy with a really high voice who's just all of a sudden in the in the huddle as a starter? I don't know. I don't know. He's never been at practice before. It's just some guy. I don't know, whatever. Let's roll with it. <laughs> All right, I like the scene in the locker room. She's putting on the uniform. It finishes up with the eye black. I I liked it. All right. Now, we got the banners at the stadium. Thunder, bring on the storm. <laughs> uh, Bo goes to the luxury box and finds Kevin Brown, Lisa, and Iris. And 
she's surprised that that Kevin knows Bo, and, and we're thinking like, who is this woman? And you know, the whole thing that she says Clay is like family. So you know, again, that that I guess goes back to why I think maybe this is not the last that we've seen that right. we'll see of Clay. Right. Um, and, and she says something like, "The bigger Clay's fan base grows, the better for the family." Well, what's the family? Yeah, yeah. You know, they're now the clearly the ones that killed the wide receiver. But yeah, and this is all like goes back to the cult like aspects of it. And it's like the Manson family and everything like that. I mean, I think you know if you're if you're a cult worth half your salt, you're going to get the people to buy into it and think of the people in the cult as their family, and that everyone not in the cult as outsiders, right? Yeah, sure. Right. Now, Bo gets a little bit of a surprise here. If you think we're done here, you underestimate me. And okay, we've seen Bo, you know, run that line many times. Yep. And we find out that Lisa is feeding off the crowd. And then Bo mentions something like, we need to throw the game. Uh, which I guess would then reduce the crowd's enthusiasm. Right. And then all of a sudden she strikes Bo with lightning. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it makes us now, you know, starting to put all of this together, the lightning, the the Thor's hammer, if you will. Who is she? Who is she? Is she, she the female a, version of she's Thor? She's an ancient. Yeah, it, it okay. could be Thor. Yeah. I mean, I just was thinking that it was going to be Zeus because, all right, now, all right, here's what I'm thinking now. Because we're just assuming Hades is this bad guy, right? But what if he's yeah, not? Yeah, and you, and you mentioned this before, right? Yeah. I mean, really? Now I'm even more assured that her father is going to turn out to be the guy who kind of saves the day here, that this guy is maybe like, or like Lisa or whatever this family, like is a cult and she's like Zeus or some kind of thunder god and... You know, it just needs this underworld God to come in and save the day, and the box might be the thing that's going to do it. So, I don't know. I mean, I, after this episode, I I am more certain in my prediction that you know her father Hades is going to turn out to be, you know, not be a villain, but but a, a good guy. Well, well yeah, and, and you start not, I mean, thinking he might like, not be a good guy, but he might be a good guy. I mean, what's their end game? I mean, are they trying to destroy? you know, this world. And, and like you said, maybe Hades, the God of the underworld is going to come to the rescue and save the world in which his daughter lives. Maybe something like that. But before yeah. that, we've got something more important, Wayne, because we're down five with only four seconds to go. Oh boy. Tam Tamson calls. Come on. You didn't like the play. She calls uh, for a hail Mary, which of course works. All right. Yeah. She, she does a nice double move. Nice double move. Uh, Great touchdown dance. <laughs> hurt. Bo finds Tamsin on the field. And when I say hurt, she's got that, I guess it's like a burn mark on her shoulder right. from when the lightning bolt hit her and tells Tamsin that we've lost. They won, which, but they lost. Yeah, exactly. Which but, is uh, a paradox. It's so, I mean, it's so unlike Bo because, I mean, Bo certainly is full of self-confidence and, and you understand and rightly so. I mean, she's been through so much and, and, and fought so many battles. Um, but to now feel like we've lost it, it, what does she immediately, she's just going to back down just because this woman hit her with a few thunderbolts. Well, I think she's you know? just kind of freaked out that it's something 
she's never run across before, really. Yeah, and you wonder now, is this going to precipitate her going to her father for help? Maybe. maybe very likely, yeah. I think. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, Alicia Wells comes back to see Dyson, and he tells her she needs a change of scenery. Now, I, I think on the one hand, of course, she thinks he thinks she's crazy, and she tells him, I'm going to keep looking whether or not anybody believes me, but he understands the problem. He needs to get her out of here yeah. so that she actually doesn't see him again. And then he says, if you need me, I'm here, which I think we know means that the two of them are going to hook up at some point. Brown chicken, brown cow. Yes. Um, all right. So Bo's got the lightning burn. Tamson offers to feed uh, to help her heal, but it, it doesn't do any good. Yeah. Bo says it doesn't hurt, but, it's not healing either. Yeah. Yeah. That, and then that, that's surprising. And then she says, I'll run, I'll run you a bath. What are girlfriends for? Mm. And, and it kind of hits Bo. Yeah. Girlfriend. No. Like, you know, she doesn't like that. Yeah. No. Yeah. She's like, uh, not really. No, but right. Yeah, now, how, now, how, now, how, how do you like step back from that though? You know, it's like, you know, it's like your relationship. Someone says, I love you. And just like, uh okay thanks yeah. i mean not that i ever did that but i'm just saying i've seen it in like movies and tv shows like all the time and it's awkward sure yeah it, it's revealed that the oracles were shown something that was so awful that's what caused them to remove their own eyes did they see what's coming did they see you know the, this horrific end of days and that's what caused them now trick posits that it might be this ancient order that channeled their children's energy to gain power and then he mentions that the ancients were the most powerful fey family that ever lived what happened to them we don't know but uh trick seems fairly in awe of them yeah um there definitely seemed to be a very very formidable foe but we've had Tons of those, right? Like, I don't know why, yeah. you know. Yeah, the trick, Garuda. Yeah, right. Like, the Gru is pretty bad, right? Yeah. The Wanderer, he's yeah. pretty bad, right? So, it's like, come on, Trick. Relax, brother. It's okay. Yeah. All right. Well, closing scene, we see uh, Kevin and Lisa looking at the ledger. Bo Dennis. So, she's the one and only and found us a lot sooner than I'd hoped. So, you know, the three of them are discussing their next move. Uh, clearly, she seems to be in charge, but, uh, you know, whatever, I think they realize that, that whatever it is that they want to do, Bo is the one that can stop them. Right, so they got to step it up. They got to step it up, and, and clearly Bo's going to need something in Trick's bag of tricks to uh, help. Uh, you know. Nicely done. Yeah, white ward off. Uh, and then lastly, you know, Iris is drawing the Triskel on the window. Lisa wants to move fast. He thinks it's too soon. And then I guess we're the, uh, supposed to believe that it's her that's causing that storm at the end of the episode. Right? Out the window. Oh, yeah, for sure. Which, again, maybe she's this uh, Mananen Maclear, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. Now, now, you know, I thought it was a pretty good episode. Uh, like like you said earlier, they did move the story arc forward, you know, with uh, this fake cult. And, and we keep calling it that. I mean, that's obviously what uh, 
Dyson has been calling it, but it, it seems like it's a little more than a fake cult at this point. But regardless, uh, they've moved that storyline along pretty well. So we got two episodes before the midseason break. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, you know, like I said, I mean, despite all of the ridiculousness, and I mean ridiculousness, I mean absolute ludicrousness with the football scenes, which, again, I'm just of the opinion, if if you can't do it right, don't do it, right? Yeah. Um, so, but it was, despite that, I, I really did actually like this episode because I liked all the reveals with these, or just the ancients, I guess we'll call them from now, here on in, mm-hmm. and... um I, mean, I like how they, they move that bit forward so we actually learn something about them and, and see them in action. That was yeah. pretty cool. And I think my favorite reveal was the fact that Clay is a Heraclid, human yet with supercharged genes. And, you know, while he's not Fay, he's about as close as you're going to get. So, you know, that was my favorite reveal. But, uh, yeah. Looking forward to next week. Uh, yeah, I just had an idea because you said like the uh, the the oracles all had seen something so horrible they had to poke their eyes out. I just realized they might have all been watching Iron Sky, which is oh, like nice. the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. Uh, that's the one with the Nazis yeah, on the yeah. on the moon yeah, or yeah, whatever. So uh, bad, so bad. I right. felt like pulling my eyes out. Like really. All right. All right. Well, don't do that. So they. Uh, Back when the, the whole thing with uh, Tamsin uh, decided to be a cheerleader, wanted to be a cheerleader, she mentions the Laker girls, and then, do you know who she mentioned second? No. The Buffalo Jills. Oh, nice. They were like, when I worked at, uh, when I was in college, I worked security at Rich Stadium, and we like used to go and hang out with the Jills afterwards. Okay. That's cool. So that's actually some yeah. girls who went to Canisius that were on, there were Buffalo Jills and everything. But I thought that was awesome that, like, you know, because Buffalo doesn't get a lot of, you know, they don't get a lot of publicity. They don't get a lot of that. Uh, no, you know? they don't. So it's nice. They get a lot of snow. They get a lot but... of snow, right? But it's nice to see the, the Jills get some, uh, get a get a shout out there. All right, cool. All right, well, listen, thank you guys for joining us tonight. Uh, if you'd like to send some feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Emails to fatalistpodcast at gmail.com or voicemails via the speak pipe tab, which you can access through the website. We'll be back next week to talk about Lost Girl Season 5, Episode 7. Here comes the night, but until then, give me a D, give me a Y, give me a suck my balls.